0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith Who Were Nephites Scattered and Smitten By? by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Scarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. To recap and finish this particular discussion, about if the Americas were populated when Lehi and family arrived, Lehi received revelation that their promised land would be kept from all other nations, Second Nephi chapter 1, verse 9. This promise had a caveat. Their land would be secure as long as Lehi and his family remained righteous. Lehi warned that the time would come when they would dwindle in unbelief, verse 10, after which the Lord would allow them to be scattered and smitten, verse 11. While some Mormons have supposed that this refers to the coming of the Spaniards, which may possibly account for a future and dual fulfillment of Lehi's prophecy, Lehi immediately launched into an exhortation telling his children that as one generation passeth to another... There shall be bloodshed. Verse 12. Apparently, Lehi suspected the coming of other nations in the near future. As ethno-history specialist Brant Gardner explains, If we read these verses in the context of known history, the as-yet defines the condition into which the Lehites landed. There was a population in the land, but no foreign conqueror as yet. I suggest that this promise comes because of the implicit reality that other nations would indeed come and would attempt to overrun Lehi's descendants. Lehi receives a promise that they will be protected from those other nations upon condition of righteousness. This is a promise that is of no value unless others do come and threaten the Nephites. End of quote. Second Witness 2.26 the appearance of the other nations is directly linked to not only the wickedness of Lehi's descendants, but also to a scattering and a smiting of those who become wicked. Shortly after Lehi died, Laman and Lemuel were so unrighteous that they sought to kill Nephi, who fled with several others. It was at this point that the Nephites began classifying their people as Nephites and all others as Lamanites. According to Lehi's prophecy, when his children become unrighteous, the Lord will allow other nations to smite them. 2 Nephi chapter 1, verse 11 This wouldn't be possible unless there were already others present, or others arrived immediately after Laman and Lemuel fell back into their unrighteous habits. Several centuries later, we find Alma exhorting his people to righteousness and recounting the story of Nephi's wayward brothers as an example of the consequences of wickedness. Alma chapter 9, verses 13 and 14. The Nephites were becoming wicked and were at risk of the same fate. Alma's discourse suggests that the prophecies of Lehi, the promises and curses, which would include the invasion of others, had already been, or continuing to be, fulfilled. It seems that a possible scenario might be as follows. When the Lehites arrived, they would have found some sparse communities of others, perhaps too small to be called nations, in their new, limited land. The Lehites would have continued to peacefully coexist, perhaps even intermingling with these others, pursuant to their righteousness. The wickedness of the Lamanites, however, might have brought aggressive others, other nations, into the Lehite colony, who could have merged with the Lamanites and joined in their quest to destroy the Nephites. When the Nephites separated from the Lamanites, the promises and warnings of Lehi would have been realized and, like many prophecies in the Bible, may have multiple fulfillments. Some people have claimed that the Nephites adhering to Israelite beliefs, would not have married other non-Israelites. While the Nephites would undoubtedly have preferred to marry within the tribe, once they split with the Lamanites, there would have been a small pool of eligible singles. In ancient Israel, we find that marrying outside of the tribe was discouraged but was nevertheless permitted. We might wonder how Nephi... As a member of a small incursion into a larger populace, became king over a people that included a majority of others. Gardner suggests that Nephi may have utilized his metalworking skills with small personal objects to trade with others, because it would have given him trade power. The process was likely guarded. This would have increased the economic presence of the hamlet and provided enough economic and social benefits that there were some in the village who were willing to follow him up to what became the city of Nephi. As the principal developer of trade goods, he could easily have become a leader of his hamlet, and as economic prosperity encouraged other hamlets to join, he was elevated to king. The general process appears to be the way Mesoamerican cities were formed around basically a few entrepreneurs. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, strengthening one's testimony in the face of criticism and doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.